Think of food as like life force for your dog. It keeps your dog alive. You see, one of the issues we have as humans is we've got so much food now, it's not that valuable. You don't say, oh, I'm so rich, my fridge is really full. That's how rich I am. Everyone's fridge has got some food in it. And a lot of people have got a full fridge. However, for dogs, that's not the case. You know, dogs aren't interested in dreams, um, dreams, holidays, career, bigger TV, faster car. That's not what dogs are about. They're about survival. And food really is the main thing that keeps them alive. So when you control the food and you keep your dog alive, that's a big deal. Welcome to the Doggy Dan podcast show, helping you unleash the greatness within your dog. Hi there, Doggy Dan here. Super excited to be making this video. As always, another edition of Pup Days where I basically share with you my thoughts and my knowledge of dogs. However, today we're doing something completely different. I'm actually gonna share with you my most powerful program, something I've never done before for free. Right here, um, five videos. It's the five golden rules. Now, for those of you who don't know what that is, that's, it's like the dog psychology piece. It's the, my foundation program, the most powerful program I have. I call it the dog calming code. And I'm gonna share all of that with you today for a number of reasons. First of all, I've never done it before. And I, you know, it's worked for me with my dogs. It's worked for the thousands and thousands. I've worked for three and a half thousand dogs in person in people's houses and it's worked there. It's worked with about 80,000 dogs currently online. And I just wanna help people and I know you can get incredible results just from watching these videos that I'm gonna share with you. And what I wanna say is this, it is so radically different from traditional dog training where you use either treats, cheese, meat, that sort of stuff to try and get your dog to listen, or you shock them with a shock collar. We don't use treats, this is not about that. There's absolutely no shock collars or anything like that, no training collars, e-collars, you know, electric collars. This is truly dog psychology. And it's all kind and gentle. There's no force used. And that's why I love it. Because when I see a dog choose to follow me, choose to listen, choose to stop being aggressive, walks on the leash, comes when called, and I haven't forced them and I haven't used any treats. That's powerful. That's what I want to share with you today. So let's call this dog psychology rather than dog training. Of course, you can always use some treats later on to do a little bit of training. If you love that stuff, great. It always, it always helps. But this is the powerful piece of the puzzle. The, probably the piece of the puzzle that's missing if you've tried everything else. You know, whatever the issue you've got, and especially some of the more obscure issues, such as separation anxiety, you're gonna put this in place, you're probably gonna solve the problem either completely or most of it. Now, I do wanna frame this um, honestly, and that is by, at the end of each video, I'm gonna say, hey, if you've loved that, if you wanna get more information, if you wanna get the full program with all the videos, of course, you can do that. I'll share a link and you can go and have a look at that. But just by following the, the videos that I'm gonna share with you over the next, uh, well, the next five videos, basically, you put that in place and you will see a tremendous change in your dog's behavior. And that alone fills me with joy. So let's get started. The first thing I wanna share is the difference between dog psychology and dog training. Let's think of dog, let me give you an analogy. If you had a school teacher, we've all been to school or most of us have. Now, in the classroom, you can have a small older lady who knows what she's doing. She has 30 kids in the class. And when she says, sit down, turn to page 35, be quiet and get on with your work. Get your pencils out and start writing. 
the class do exactly as she asked. Now, a little bit later on, class finishes, they go down the corridor, go into another classroom. And there, there may be a young, fit, healthy, strapping young man who says the same thing. Sit down, turn to page 35, get your books out, start writing. Nobody listens. Everyone keeps carrying on, shouting. Now, do those children in the classroom need more training on what sit down means or be quiet or get your pencils out, start writing? No, they don't need more quote, quote, training. What it is, is that older teacher, the more experienced teacher, knows how to connect with those kids, knows how to win their minds. It's like the psychology of being a teacher, the psychology of connecting with a group of 30 children. She's got that. That is what I'm going to share with you today. The first part. A dog that pulls on the leash is no fun to walk, and it can hurt your hands and shoulders. And if your dog has a standard collar, it can do serious long-term damage to your dog's neck. And of course, your dog's energy level is far from relaxed. That's why I recommend using my no-pull harness, which transforms the walk in just minutes due to the totally unique, simple but effective front clip design. Stop your dog pulling today with a no-pull harness. Visit theonlinedogtrainer.com forward slash shop and use the code podcast to receive 15% off. And so I often say to people, to help a dog, you have to think like a dog. You can't think like a bird and apply bird psychology. You can't think like a fish and apply fish psychology. You can't think like a, a cat and apply cat psychology or, or a human. You cannot apply human psychology to a dog and expect to connect with them on a level where they truly understand what's going on. And here's the bit that's really missing. Yeah, I'm a father of two kids. I've got to say, they're now, one of them's a teenager and the other one's nearly a teenager. So I can honestly say they are turning into beautiful young humans. And I've applied the same um, principles to raising those children as I have with dog training, in the sense that I haven't let them do whatever they wanted. You know, we're a family where my wife and I make the, the majority of the decisions. We're like the, the parents, the leaders, we're the ones in charge. And with your dogs, they're part of the family as well. And what I see happening all the time where it goes really wrong is people have let their dogs become the ones in charge. And just like if you let kids be in charge, making all the decisions, it doesn't work out that great. They become a little bit spoiled. They make bad decisions. I mean, my kids would be sat in bed 11 o'clock at night, eating sugary cereals, watching their, their movies late at night, waking up tired. So it's no good letting them make all the big decisions. We have to be the ones making the big decisions. And that's what this is about. This is about understanding how to say to your dogs, hey, we're in charge. You should listen to us. When you put this bit in place, that pulling on the leash, that dog aggression, separation anxiety, the recall, it all, it all sorts itself out. You may need a little bit of training, but this is the foundation you need to put in place before you do anything else. So, there's basically five rules. Five rules for making sure your dog understands you're calling the shots, and let's just get started. So, the first rule is all about the food. Now, food is... Think of food as like life force for your dog. It keeps your dog alive. You see, one of the issues we have as humans is we've got so much food now, it's not that valuable. You don't say, oh, I'm so rich, my fridge is really full. That's how rich I am. Everyone's fridge has got some food in it. 
And a lot of people have got a full fridge. However, for dogs, that's not the case. You know, dogs aren't interested in dreams, um, dreams, holidays, career, bigger TV, faster car. That's not what dogs are about. They're about survival. And food really is the main thing that keeps them alive. So when you control the food and you keep your dog alive, that's a big deal. Now, where it goes wrong is when you leave your food on the ground. If you let your dog graze, you're basically saying to the dogs, you control how much food you eat, you don't need me. And you might think, yeah, well, I put the food in the bowl every day, doesn't matter. So there's a, the devil is in the detail here. You might be thinking, well, my dog's not food motivated. Trust me, having worked with thousands and thousands of dogs, I've seen this over and over again. And what I've found is so many of those dogs where you think they're not food motivated, they absolutely are. But when you leave the food down, they don't eat. So they're playing a game. It's like a game of chess where everything you do, they're kind of outwitting you. And you have to understand all these five rules. You're gonna put them all in place. And the first one starts by picking up the dog's food. So what I want you to do is pick up the dog's food if they don't eat it. So if they move one yard away from where the bowl is and they leave the food, you pick it up. You don't put the food down till their next meal. So what I want you to do is when you put the dog's food down, give your dog the chance to eat it. You can do your sit down, wait, that's all good. But if they walk away from the food on the ground, you pick it straight up. So you don't let them graze. You don't let them come back again and again and again. You basically control it. And if they don't eat it, you pick it up. You don't feed them till the next meal. Now, don't worry if you think your dog's a grazer and it's not gonna, you're not gonna survive. It'll be fine because you're gonna feed your dog twice a day in the morning and the night. And again, if they don't eat in the night, evening meal, just pick the bowl up feed them again the next day. Your dog will get the message, it'll start eating and you'll be absolutely fine. But you can't let your dog control the food. There's too much power associated with controlling the food. Barking, pulling on the leash, not coming when called, dog aggression, jumping all over people, no matter what your dog issue is, theonlinedogtrainer.com has helped tens and tens of thousands of people just like you. Once you know how, it's easy to have the dog of your dreams. To find out more, visit theonlinedogtrainer.com forward slash shop to discover how to stop all those unwanted behaviors today and to say thank you for listening. Use the code podcast and you'll get 20% now, there's a couple of other things I want, want you to do. One is if you basically, before you put the food down, what you can say to the dog is I eat first. And you do that by getting a bit of cracker, biscuit, apple, and you eat from above the dog's bowl before you put the bowl on the ground. It's super powerful. And what it's saying is I eat first, I'm in charge, and then you can eat. Dogs understand, this is dog psychology as opposed to human psychology. So you might be thinking what's going on, but your dog will understand. Remember, this is just the first rule. You gotta get all of this right. Think of this as a bit like, it's a bit like a boat. If you have holes in the boat, even just one hole, the whole boat fills with water and sinks. So you gotta go and make sure your dog fully gets the message, especially if you have a stubborn dog, a determined dog, a strong-willed dog, a high-energy dog, red zone dog. You, you've really gotta get this right because it's like, like a game of chess, you know, and some people are very, very good at it, so you've got to be able to think five or six steps ahead. Now, there's one more thing I want you to do, and that's remember that bones, pig's ears, raw hide, that's all food to your dog. So if you leave all that stuff around, 
your dog is gonna think they control the food and they're gonna be digging the bones up, grazing, eating the bones, you know, burying them, picking up pig's ears and chewing them when they want. They've still got access to that food. Now, I could give you so many examples of stories where the only thing we sorted out was the dog's food and the aggression disappeared or the pulling on the leash disappeared or separation anxiety disappeared. But I, I don't want to get into all those different stories. All I'll say is I have seen so many games being played with dogs and dog's food. It makes me smile. You know, there was one lady, I'll give you one, one, one story. There was a German shepherd where the lady said, I don't think he's got any bones. We gave him, we used to give him a lot when he was younger, but not anymore. I think he's eaten them all or forgotten where he buried them. Anyway, she emailed me a week or two later to say, over the next week or two, he dug up 10 bones and he put one on the doorstep every morning just to say, I've still got my bone. Because we picked up the bone when I was there, two or three bones, and then there was another bone. And then the next day there was another bone. And he put that on the doorstep and he put that on the doorstep. He kept doing it until he ran out of the bones. Now, I don't always understand exactly what's going on in the dog's mind, but I've seen it all to know that dogs love to say, I'm controlling the food, I'm in charge. So here's the thing, just put that in place. This is the first of the five golden rules. This is like the foundation of the whole thing. If you don't control the food, it's very hard to say, hey, I'm in charge. Because your dog's kind of going, well, really? If you're in charge, you'd be controlling the food. Think of it like the money. Think of it like money. If you're in charge in a business and you're not controlling the money, are you really in charge? If you're in charge in the house and you're not allowed to touch the money, are you really in charge? Are you really making the decisions? I think not. And you know, the best analogy is the whole thing. I would say if a dog was to have a dirty old bone, if it found a dirty old bone in the garden and a king's crown, like a beautiful half million dollar, crown with jewels in it, which one would the dog choose? The answer is the dirty old bone. It has more value to your dog than, the, the old bone has more value to your, to your dog than the, the gold crown. That's how you have to view it. So that's the first bit of the dog calming code. That's golden rule number one. Put that in place today. And when you watch the next video, you'll be able to put the next piece in place. And of course, if you're thinking, wow, I just wanna get all of it right now, I wanna see the videos, I wanna see you putting it in place with, with dogs, and the videos of me putting it in place with dogs, they're quite hilarious, um, because I've picked out the most stubborn, strong-willed dogs who are uh, playing around with the food in incredible ways. You can click on the link and get access to that. Otherwise, put this one in place, it's the first of the five rules. It's been fun sharing with you today. Share some more very, very soon. Take care, bye-bye. That's it for another edition of the Doggy Dan Podcast Show. Please go to the online dogtrainer.com forward slash podcasts to find the show notes and a lot more information on this topic. Thanks for listening. To keep the show rolling, the best way you can help out is to like, follow, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify and YouTube and wherever else you're listening to this. And if you want to get great snippets of dog training tips and tricks once a week, absolutely free, then sign up for my Pup Dates newsletter at the bottom of any page on the onlinedogtrainer.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest. Take care and have a great day with your dog. You've been listening to another episode of the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, bringing you one step closer to creating harmony with your dog. 